The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... And welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. Nice. I feel good, too. This time on the episode, we're going to be hitting some headlines like Jay Crowder, uh, Chris Paul, Steve Nash, actually. And then after that, we will be breaking down last week's games and looking into this week's three games. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from last week. We were guessing Chris Paul made threes um, in the game against the Pelicans from last Friday. Uh, I guess I'll start between the two of us. I guessed one and you guessed two, and Chris Paul didn't make any threes. He was 0 for 1. So uh, I guess that's a win for me. Uh, The series is now 1-1 on the season. I have a few people to shout out um, because actually it looks like we had a couple people say one. So shout out to Omar at Midcard at Best on Twitter. Said he said one, and so did Brett Rogers at Brett Rogers 0923. Uh, so congratulations to both of you for being closest on our bet question. Um, for this week's bet question, tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter, and we will shout out whoever's closest uh, on the next episode. All right, to start things off today, we'll just touch on a few quick headlines and things that have been happening around the team lately. And we'll start off with the uh, the humorous one, I suppose. <laughs> so Jay Crowder tweeted or replied to a tweet yesterday, it was, about how a fan tried to go into the arena and buy a Jay Crowder jersey, but they wouldn't sell him sell her one. Can you believe that? it's it's also it's it's very interesting that i i believe the tweet said the only reason she went to the arena was to buy a jay crowder jersey (laughs) (laughs) and if you notice the twitter handle 
there were a lot of numbers in that handle. We're not talking like a birthday. We're talking nine, five, four, three, six, seven, eight, eight, two, three, one, whatever. You know, we had that many numbers in, in the Twitter handle. So yeah, Sarah H nine nine seven two six five four one one zero two or whatever wanted to go into the Suns team store just for a Jay Crowder jersey not to see a game or anything like that, just to buy a Jay Crowder jersey, and they refused. <laughs> I know. It's shocking. And then, so Jay Crowder replies by, something's coming soon. So yeah. he made it sound like a trade might be coming or he was going to be getting back on the court somehow. But believe it or not, both of those tweets have been deleted by now. I, You know, I'm shocked. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> And, so crazy. And I, I had to laugh about this because just the jersey, the talk about being refused to be sold a Jay Crowder jersey. I literally bought a Josh Jackson jersey at an outlet mall for half price right before the news that he hotboxed his daughter came up. <laughs> so I, if they're not pulling the Jay Crowder jerseys or the Josh Jackson jerseys off the shelf at that point, and they're trying to get rid of them for cheap, I have a tough time believing that Jay Crowder jerseys are not being sold. So if anyone's been to the arena so far this season, I would love to know if you go and ask for a Jay Crowder jersey. I'd like to know what happens. I imagine the Suns would take your money. I think they'd be fine with that. I also know... As I've done this before, you can get a custom jersey made at the team, the team shop. You just go in and tell them what name you want and the number. So Crowder 99 doesn't seem too hard. I had an Alfred Payton jersey made at one point, and it was uh, it was in one of the the styles when it was back when Nike first got the deal with the NBA again. Um, we had this white, like classic Jersey that I really liked. And so I got an Alfred Payton Jersey and I had to get it custom made cause I didn't have Alfred Payton in that style. That's so shocking. I, I know that that really is shocking, but I do know that it is possible to get that made. And yeah, I, I don't think the Suns would say, no, we don't want your money. Yeah, they, I bet they refused to make the custom one because it said Crowder. Would they have done a Boss Man? <laughs> boss Man 99 with the yeah. 99. Yeah, at Boss Man 99 in all caps. Yeah, the way he tweets is um, frantic. Yeah, and on the tweet from the, the lady, he was like, I'm going to fool everybody and I am not going to hit caps lock. Right, <laughs> right. He got me at first, I will say. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be Jay. This is all lowercase. Oh, it, what a goofy situation, though. I know. The, the Suns are leading the league in net rating right now. We're 5-1. and one. We look the same as last year, and Jay Crowder hasn't stepped on the floor. So yeah. what other franchise in the NBA is pining to get Jay Crowder there? They, they see the Suns, yeah. and they say, oh, they're just as good without him, and they didn't really add anything mm-hmm. too big. So what, yeah. what, what is Jay worth? I mean, I think Sarah should go to Brooklyn and get a Jay Crowder jersey there. I think there's probably going to be some some stuff going on over there. And, uh, yeah, I'm wondering a little bit. This is all speculation, of course. I'm wondering a little bit if maybe there's some some stuff coming on the horizon. Maybe there's some, some further changes happening with the Nets. 
Right. And yeah, they just fired their head coach, Steve Nash, today, which is uh, a bit of a bummer for all of us Suns fans. We hate to see Nash get fired from somewhere, but uh, he's gone. And I I don't want to just be a homer and stick up for the guy, but I'd hate to be a first time head coach with the rosters that he's been handed. Oh, yeah. That must be uh, a lot. I mean, clearly Steve Nash was the problem in Brooklyn, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel for him. Um, I did see some pretty funny stuff on Twitter because the original announcement said Steve Nash was fired, and then the next announcement said, oh, it was mutual. And I saw someone on Twitter say, what does that even mean? What does mutual mean? And it's like, the Nets, you're fired, Steve Nash. I agree. <laughs> yes oh no that's good uh what a bummer though i i don't know i've always wondered if nash's heart was really in being a head coach yeah and because yeah, yeah. He, he was offered i you gotta assume he was offered numerous roles in the sun's front office after he retired but he ended up you know with the, the Warriors for a bit, yeah. then over to the Nets. And I'd like to see a spot for him in our front office somehow, or even as an assistant coach, if that's what he wants to do. But if I were him, I'd, I'd take the year off at this point. Yeah, I think I would too. But yeah, it'd be great to have Steve Nash join us. I mean, we've had Jarrett Jack on our coaching staff. Um, I'm sure Nash... I mean, it'd be awesome to have him, especially to help with someone like Campaign, who actually, I kind of have to eat my words on Campaign. He's been good. Um, But, you know, just with some of that further point guard development, especially in the future as Chris Paul is in the the waning moments of his career, I would like to have Nash there for some player development. That'd be great. Hey, why not? And I don't think he'd go down back to like a development coach. I don't think he'd right. do that. I mean, he'd, he'd be more of like an coming in as an advisor. Sure. You know, yeah. and then doing what he wants at practice, that type of thing. And yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, if you can get a guy like Campaign who who has all the tools but just runs a little bit too quick overall, let let Chris Paul and Steve Nash work on him for another year. Yeah. I, who mm-hmm. who better in that right. Season? No, that'd be awesome. All right. Keep it moving here. Uh, Some sad news. Ish Wainwright is away from the team uh, for this week, at least. His father sadly passed away uh, yesterday. So uh, Mm -hmm. all of our thoughts go out to Ish and his family. And I I know as a young man who lost his father, it's a a very life-changing thing. So I, I wouldn't worry about Ish being away from the team or anything because... Like he needs to go be with his family and all that. So yeah, just hope hope for the best and uh, you know be there for his family and his family be there for him. That's that's all we can hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, condolences to him. Ish is a great guy. So um, yeah, just like you said, wishing all the best to him and his family. The strong man. All right, and the last thing we'll just touch on here a little Chris Paul check in. Uh, Lots of crazy things were said about Chris after the first couple games of the season. I think me and you both had more of a wait-and-see approach. Uh, Mm. Let him get loosened up a little bit. 
But from what I've been seeing is he is taking a step back when it comes to scoring and even playmaking to some extent, despite, you know, putting in 15 assists the other night. Uh, he's just letting Booker do more. And I think it's great, honestly. I think so, too. I mean, the whole offense doesn't have to run through Chris Paul. It's running through Devin Booker so far this season. And, I mean, it's like you said, our net rating is amazing. Uh, we're playing really, really well. I I think Chris Paul still has a role, but I think he understands that that role is different than it has been in the past. Um, we're probably not going to see him taking control of games uh, even in the last five minutes anymore. Um, that that role is really on Devin Booker. We also saw Mikhail Bridges have a really big game last week. Uh, Cam Johnson had 19 points in a game last week where, you know, we're giving other guys more of an opportunity. And Chris Paul is still facilitating that by taking a step back in his role. Totally. And something that I'm excited to see uh, more throughout the season, even though it hasn't been ideal for us up to this point, but Chris Paul getting wide open spot up three opportunities. Uh, I like that. And I don't know if Chris is quite used to that yet. When's the last time he was able to sit there, catch a pass, and <laughs> shoot a three without having to do much? I couldn't tell you. I think that's going to be something nice for us throughout the season. Uh, I personally still think Chris is knocking a little rust off. The numbers are going to come up shooting-wise is what I'm getting at. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't think his three-point shooting is going to stay as low as it is. That'll get better. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I agree. He's knocking some rust off. He's still getting back into game shape. And take your time. We don't need to worry too much about the regular season right now. We're playing super well. We need him to sit on the bench a little bit more. Um, He continues to be in at the end of games. Uh, I was talking on Discord, actually, with someone in our our fantasy basketball league uh, who was watching the game and said, the Suns are, are up big. Why is Chris Paul still in? Why are the starters still in? And I said Monty doesn't tend to pull the starters, or I guess the finishing lineup, until the very, very last moment. And I know that that can come back to bite you sometimes. You never know. It's a game of runs and the 24-second shot clock and all of that. But I do think we need to at least be pulling Chris Paul a little bit earlier. Yeah, I can see that too. And, man, I peeked at Book's stats. I think he's up at like 38 minutes per game right now. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's more than you'd like to see. But, you know, Devin Booker's been playing, I'm not going to say flawless, but really, really nice. Very close to flawless. It's it's tough to take him off the court. So yeah, I see it, but I'd love to see Booker get down to about 35, 34 minutes a game. But we're not the team that gets up 20 and then holds that lead. You know, we get up seven or eight, flirt with a double-digit lead, and it just seems to stick like that is kind of what what our average game looks like, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Also, happy birthday to Devin Booker back on the 30th. Oh, yeah. Devin Booker is 26. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. 
and he's been in the league since he was 18. So yeah, this years. is his eighth year, and he's 26 years old. And uh, this is what do you consider a, a male's athletic prime? Isn't it like 26 to 30 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So here we are. He's in his prime. He is in his prime. Yeah. I'm ready. And they said our window closed while Devin Booker reaches his prime. People clearly don't watch the Suns. I saw there was some tweet that I shouldn't have read the comments on and it reminded me of why I got off Twitter for so long. But it was like, who would you want to build your franchise around? And it was like Jason Tatum, Zion, Luca, and Booker. And everyone was like, why is Booker even in this conversation? I'm like, Booker is arguably the best player. I would, it's between him and Luca in that conversation. Zion should not be in that conversation. No, Zion needs to play a full season and then. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. And, but everyone on there is like, there's a lot of Booker slander online. And I mean, I think he's there's been a couple things like the raptors mascot thing or the he double says, teams yeah the double team thing that like kind of makes him a little bit of a target of that kind of thing but this is the thing that i love about booker is he doesn't care he doesn't ever respond to stuff like that he clearly doesn't look at it i mean he's dating kendall jenner he's used to a ton of media attention and paparazzi and all of that like I think he handles himself very professionally and, you know, he doesn't let any of that stuff get to him. Unlike other players. And it's understandable. I think it would be hard to hear that stuff all day long. Yeah. Uh, D book was Chong from Cheech and Chong with his brother. Yeah. Shout out there. That was, that was funny. That was a picture in front of the classic car. So funny. So right. They, They pulled it off. Yeah, they did. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> let's let's move it on to the Warriors game. Talk about last week's games. And we're late on this, but it was really fun watching Clay get kicked out of a game after Devin obviously got in his head. Uh, after that moment, Clay shot sub 30% from the floor over the next three games and then got sat for a, quote, rest day. <laughs> so that, that was an enjoyable win, you know, we wanted to see that in the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, I think both teams know that each other are for real, and they bring it when they play. And, man, I wish that was the Western Conference Finals last year. That's, that's I know. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, this game was awesome. But if you had your sound on, because this was a TNT game, oh. you would have never known the Suns were winning. And we won by 29 points. <laughs> I mean, Steph Curry would hit a three, and you would think that it was a game-winning shot every single time. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was really painful. Um, I, I got to throw this in. At one point in the middle of the game, we were up by like seven or six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mikhail hits a three on one. End. I think it was Mikhail, but the it was Kevin Harlan, and he goes, Mikael Bridges with the three. Next, it goes down the court. Steph Curry hits a three, and he goes, bang! Yeah. Just, it, it was so upsetting. Like, hey, our guy just hit one too, man. Uh, 
I know there's not as many Suns fans as Warriors fans watching this game right now, but you got to call it a little more even than that. And Reggie Miller was a joke, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it was impossible to listen to. And normally when the game's on, like, NBA or TNT or ESPN, I always check Bali. I'm like, is Eddie working tonight? And yeah. I need to listen to Eddie if that's the case. But I know it. Uh, it it's a bummer, and I don't want to sit here and complain about it because – Suns fans have enough of a reputation of being little babies and stuff. So right. We'll but, just eat it. We'll just eat it. But we will. And it's, I mean, it's like I said last episode with the free throws. Get used to a free throw disparity. I guess I really need to take my own advice here and, and say <laughs> get used to the announcers not getting too excited about us. Like, that's yeah. just going to be par for the course, and we have to expect it. And, yeah, I'm going to watch on Bally Sports every opportunity I get. I will ra- I'd rather watch there than ESPN or TNT because I want to hear the smooth shooter Eddie Johnson. That's right. I think Bally tweeted that they were doing 72 broadcasts this year in the regular season, and I think there's already been, like, three or four that haven't been on Bally. So okay, that's a good sign for the rest of the year. Yes, it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, within this game, Devin Booker, 34 points. That was really nice. He's had at least 30, and uh, I think there were two games so far that he hasn't had 30. So that's pretty awesome. Aiton had a good game, 16 and 14. Uh, Bridges, 17 points, six rebounds. Chris Paul, 16 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. Jock Landale, 17 points, <laughs> seven rebounds. Plus 27. Plus 27. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we just took care of them. It looked pretty easy toward the end, too. Yeah. This is a game where we, we actually used our size to our benefit. And yeah. just, just feeding Aiton and Landale down right in front of the rim, if they ever switched anything, those boys were sealing and we were feeding it. I, I love that. I love that brand of basketball that hasn't been played in years and years. Meanwhile, we can still hit the three, but we have guys who can score at a really high rate right at the bucket. So yeah. we can take advantage of both. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And, I mean, the first half, there was just a ton of scoring. The second half, we continued the scoring, but the Warriors fell off. They only had 20 points in the third quarter and 19 in the fourth as compared to our 33 and 29, respectively. So we just blew the doors open. It was close at halftime. We were only up by single digits at the half, and then we blew the doors open in the second. So that was great. So I got to say, before we move on, I think the one thing you can take away from these early wins are that they have been confidence boosters and reminders i suppose that these guys are really good when we came out against the mavericks i think that the guys wanted to just roll up and die in the first half yeah (laughs) and i think every minute of game time since that first half has been a just a nice climb to the top and yeah that's why we have the highest net rating and we look just as good as we did last year so i think that's a great point yeah that's that's right on Okay, move it on to the next one, and that is the Pelicans game. And sadly, they were without Zion. They were without uh, Holiday. They're not Holiday. What am I thinking? 
Herb uh, Jones. Herb. The H was there. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like there's one more guy they were missing. Ingram. Ingram, obviously. So, yeah, they uh, didn't have all their guys, but this was arguably the most competitive game against the of the week. Yeah, it was. Um, Valanchunas is a tough guy to play against. Um, the the Pelicans, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. I was thinking about this game. I knew we were going to record and talk about the Pelicans. People are talking about the Pelicans are really physical. Valanchunas is a physical guy. Valanchunas is a big guy. Don't get me wrong. I don't really know how physical they are, though. The Pelicans are a Draymond Green type, close your eyes and flail around team. <laughs> and sometimes that works out for them and other times it doesn't. Uh, it's very unfortunate that Aiton got hurt in this game, too, because that closeout was dirty. That was... I don't... That was I mean, the most blatant one I've seen all year. Yes. I don't I don't think he was trying to hurt Aiton. Like I don't think his intentions were, you know, entirely malicious. But like that was not even close. Uh I I cannot believe that that, that was uh not a, a flagrant foul. So yeah, that but I, I really do think it's it's not about trying to hurt the other guy. It's just, I'm going to close my eyes and just jump straight at him and see what happens. Uh, so it, it, it's a bit reckless, but then you, you combine that with the, the nice shooting that CJ McCollum brings um, Zion. Zion is physical. We can say that we didn't see him, but he's a physical guy, great athlete. And then Brandon Ingram is one of those guys who can kind of do it all. And I think that's what makes them a good team is they have that kind of chaotic, I'm just going to put my body on the line and do whatever it takes, mixed with the skill from their big three. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Here, here's the thing I'm thinking about. If we match up against this team in the playoffs again, and they start Jonas, and they start Zion, that means Cam Johnson is guarding Zion. Yeah, that, that probably... It's either Cam or McHale, and as good a as a defender of uh, that Mikhail is, ugh, I don't, I don't want him giving up 80 pounds to Zion trying to. Yeah. Guard. Well, I imagine that might be a situation where Aiton guards Zion and then Jock, Jock guards. <laughs> <laughs> if we match up against them in the playoffs and Jock Landale is starting games, I will. <laughs> I don't even know what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> what was the old I'll go pee in the street I'll go pee yeah. in the street if, <laughs> yeah, that's if right. Jack starts a game in the playoffs for us uh, I, I, the Pelicans are a team I do not want to match up against in the playoffs again like I, they're better this year uh, and they were so pesky last year so I don't even want to mess with that no. uh, so I, I guess we can just be happy we didn't catch them at full strength early on in the season and uh, we get the W but there's going to be more matchups, so we will. I'm looking forward to those, to be honest. Yeah, and this was the big Mikhail Bridges game. 27 points, 10 for 13 shooting, 3 for 5 from 3. That was awesome. Yeah, that was we, so nice. I think he needed that little uh, outburst. Yeah. He's been playing pretty solid, but uh, we hadn't seen a big scoring game quite like that. And, uh, yeah, he really led us in this one. I mean, that's one fewer shot than Book. It, yeah. overall in the game so he uh 
he earned it for sure. Three yeah. blocks. Yeah, and three blocks. Yeah, that was really nice. We also got the bench going a little bit. Biombo with 11 points. Torrey Craig with 13. Torrey Craig didn't miss a shot. Six for six from the floor. That He needed that. Talk about yeah. needing it. Torrey Craig yeah. needed that. Campaign had 12 points. Uh, Landale with eight. Uh, Shamit with five. Didn't shoot a lot, though. It's nice to see these bench guys get back on track. For sure. And, uh, yeah, being up enough to be able to throw in Okogi and Washington at the end, even though it was only yeah. a minute and a half, but it's a little something. We'll take it. We will take it. All right, next game against the Rockets, uh, W124 to 109. Uh, one of those games where you just want to see the team win by 40, but it wasn't in the cards. Uh, Rockets, kind of a mess. But yeah. some interesting talent there who are going to keep them interesting. Yeah, they, they're they so raw and so young. Um, so much talent, but just it's kind of like – it's like when you have a really, really talented like middle school or high school team and everyone's just like trying to show off all the time. Kind of yeah. like watching a team like that in layup lines. Like, that's what it's like watching the Rockets. Like, you can see, like, oh, wow, you're going to be good. But, like, just so chaotic. And, yeah. and chaotic in a different way than the Pelicans. The Pelicans are doing that on purpose. The Rockets, not so much. <laughs> and, like, when you start a backcourt of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., I mean, both talented guys, both can score it. But, but those aren't the two guards I'd want leading my roster on the court, setting up the offense and that type of thing. Like, they don't have a a real point guard there, and I think that might be hurting things a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, even if you throw a veteran point guard on that roster, it's not going to make them good. Right. Yeah, there. Maybe Chris Paul, he, he made the Thunder good that year, so. <laughs> That's true, he did. Send yeah, him back similar to situation. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it, this was a. Uh, I mean, it's it's a game you expect to win, and I would have liked to win by a little more, but I I can't complain. You know, a, a fifteen point win is fine. Yeah, book with thirty, Johnson with nineteen in this one, Landale with sixteen and seven boards, Bridges with fifteen. Nice balanced scoring here. Everybody got a little something, and uh, yeah, you know, this was the Rockets. This uh. I don't even know what we can really take away from this game at this point, but another win to put the Suns up at five and one. That's right. Yeah. Well, it will take any win we can get. And it was a touch ugly, but that's okay. I'm happy for Cam Johnson though. Nice to see Cam Johnson have a big game. So yes. I'm, I'm excited to see who has big games this coming week. Yep. The shot when it's fallen for Cam, he's a, uh, he's nice to have on the court. That's for sure. Oh yeah. All right. Next week, this week, uh, interesting schedule, and I've been seeing this around the league quite a bit. We have, we're still on the homestand. We have the Wolves. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Man, I'm today is Tuesday. I'm I know. <laughs> so we're playing the Wolves at seven, and then we have the Blazers back to back at home Friday and Saturday. Lots of back to back games for matchups. 
early on in the season all around the NBA. Yeah, it's I think a lot of teams are going through this because a lot of it is the COVID scheduling where they were trying to limit travel. And I guess we're still going with that scheduling. So a little odd, but that's okay. Um, yeah, we've been home for a long time. This is this wraps up our homestand, and then we finally go on the road after a while. Um, but yeah, the Wolves, uh, we probably won't talk about them too much because by the time this comes out, the game will have happened most likely. But the Wolves are an interesting team. They have a lot of really, really great pieces. They are. And what are they, three and four or four and three right now? Or something yeah, like that? yeah, they're still kind of trying to figure it out. It's not been the smoothest adjustment, but it's oh. still early. And they've played the Thunder twice, the Spurs three times already, if I Jeez. read that right. Wow. Then the Jazz and the Lakers. So... Everyone assumed the Jazz would be bottom dwellers, but they're definitely overperforming. But I they're, mean, they're Thunder twice and Spurs three times to start the season. You should be, yeah, they should be flirting with undefeated even with that new roster. With well, they've, I, I mean, they've had a very difficult schedule. The Jazz and the Spurs are two <laughs> of the best teams in the league. <laughs> what year is it? I know, I know, it is 1999. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. It's, it is funny how well the Jazz and the Spurs are playing, and we all know that this isn't going to last, but um, I, I saw some power rankings, I think, like a week ago, and like they put the Jazz in the top five, and I'm like, well, yeah, if you're doing a weekly power ranking, yeah. you do kind of have to. <laughs> and the Blazers were up there, too. Yeah, the Blazers, yeah. Man, so, it's uh, another wild NBA season getting going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but the, the Blazers, well, we could talk about these a little bit more since you'll hear this before they happen. Uh, two in a row against the Blazers, and we've already played them once. So three three games against the Blazers at, just into the beginning of November. So that's a little weird, but I feel like this happens a lot. I feel like we typically play the Blazers really early on. Um, it's, they're our only loss on the season, so right. it, it'll be a nice... A nice way to try to bounce back from that good opportunity in the these two games, back-to-back days, too. Yeah. Uh, Lillard with the strained calf happened about a week ago. Not sure if he'll be back in time for either one of these. I think they were hopeful that he would be, but uh, just looking at the time frame, it might be pretty close. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I want him to play. I want to see teams at their at their full strength right uh, i like yeah. easy wins for sure but uh, yeah earned deserved wins are a little nicer they're better and they help they help build things as you know we're uh, we're looking to win a championship we need right. to be tested so yeah i hope we can see them at full strength um but i guess our our first the the first game here is our bet question so in Friday's game against the Blazers, uh, it's very possible that DeAndre Ayton will st- still be out. Uh, we're not sure, though. But either way, how many points will Jock Landell have in, the, in Friday's game against the Blazers? I'm going 15. With or without DeAndre, I have no hesitation. Jock's going to put up 15. All right. 
Um, I was going to say 12, so that works out. All right. So let us know on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod how many points you think Jock Landale will have in Friday's game against the Blazers, the first one. And then Saturday, we play the Blazers again. We can say all the same things. If you want to know uh, what we think about the Blazers, just uh, rewind this and listen to it again. Yeah, just like <laughs> three minutes. That's yeah. all it will take. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a feeling we're going to win both of these, though. I feel good about it. I don't know about you, but I feel good. It, that's exactly right. Uh, on that topic, though, let's move to our non-sports section of the show. So, it was just Halloween a couple days ago. And, you know, we've talked about Halloween. Like I mentioned last week, we've been doing this show for a while. And holidays have came and went. But we still need to talk about it. We've talked about favorite halloween songs we've talked about best halloween songs but this week's question is what is your most played halloween song oh easily monster mash if i had a counter it would be in the triple digits at a minimum Mm -hmm. i i would say monster mash as well and i think i probably listened to it triple digit times uh on halloween um since it was my daughter's first Halloween, we had to play the Monster Mash, and we had it on repeat pretty much the entire day. So she's indoctrinated now. Yeah, oh yeah. So she, Monster Mash is her most played Halloween song, too. You may have set a, a standard that she'll never be able to <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> or that might be the first big fight in the Crumpetich household when young daughter gets upset that all she gets to listen to is monster mash and she <laughs> loves to listen to some of that gentleman's other fine songs on his <laughs> halloween album yeah yeah i realized that <laughs> he has a bunch of other halloween songs but you know the the real the the winner here is the monster mash why don't all bands and artists who put out a christmas cd why can't you put out a Halloween CD too? Yeah. Like, why is nobody covering the Monster Mash? Well, that I understand. I mean, it's hard to cover a near perfect song. I don't think they would do it justice. Oh, you know, some of those cocky artists think, oh, my take's going to be way better. <laughs> yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly or something. version <laughs> of the Monster Mash. See, but I wouldn't listen to it. I don't know about covers, but I am all for more Halloween music. Let's hear. I want to hear about bobbing for apples and trick or treating and carving pumpkins and the like. I want to hear that in some music. A spooky Silk Sonic song. Oh yeah, see that would be great. Talk about dressing up in like a satin Halloween costume <laughs> by the fireplace. <laughs> see the lyrics write themselves. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, if anyone is a musician, go ahead and send us in some Halloween music, and uh, yeah, we'll listen to it. <laughs> I think that is it. We thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. We'll be back with another one next week. Suns are 5-1. and one. Let's hope for a little 8-1 and one action heading into next week. Go Suns! An eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, 
to my surprise. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle. 